We've got a video sermon we're going to look at a little bit later. It's very short, but probably about 12 minutes. But there's a verse I'd like us just to think about and look at very quickly, only for a couple of minutes. Then we're going to go back into worship. Is that all right? So um, at the moment, for those of you who are visitors, we're going through, at the moment, a, a little bit of an extended season that might actually go see us through to the end of the year. I'm really feeling this is something we... A month's not going to be enough. Um, as a church, we're, we're great. Well, we talk about the three dimensions of discipleship. There's upward with our worship and prayer. That sort of happens in the life of the church to some degree. There's the inward, which is our community life together as a church. That happens to some degree. Then there's the outward, which we see in the life of Jesus and the disciples ministering and bringing healing and breakthrough in a broken world. For us as a church, other than what we're doing in the workplace, which I'm not diminishing, that's great. But collectively, it's like flatline. On the, it, there's nothing that we do collectively. So this is the thing where we're thinking we really need to like get the pads out and get some life in the body and so we're really focusing on that and uh, so we're going through a season of how to share the gospel and in Romans it says this Romans 1.16 if you want to look it up we're not actually going to do exegesis on it but it's just to explain to you what we're doing for I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek and so this gospel message the, the message that there was a a man called Jesus who lived and died some 2,000 years ago is revolutionary and life-changing and it brings something to us called salvation. When we hear it and we believe it and we kind of say this message has got some power in it, actually it can change our lives. It can set us right with God. And so this Jesus, he was born in very humble settings uh, and he lived a perfect life that you and I haven't been able to live. A life without what the Bible calls sin and He was taken by wicked men, crucified on a cross, for proclaiming to be one with God, which he was. It wasn't a lie. But they said he was blaspheming and he was killed for it. His beard was plucked out for it. He had lashes on his back for it. They put a spear in his side for it. They they wrecked and ruined his body. They literally, without being too graphic, made the ribbons of his back for it. He, He was crushed in every way, physically, emotionally, and in some ways spiritually, to the point where when he was hanging on the cross, he cried out, both to point back to what Isaiah was promising, but also, I think it was out of anguish, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He lived the perfect life that none of us had lived. And then he was put in the tomb. And then three days later, he rose again. Five, over 500 people in Jerusalem saw him. We read about in, in the book of, uh, I think in Luke, or the book of Acts, sorry, in the book of Acts. 500 people saw him. And that was kind of like, if you want to know if this is true or not, go and talk to those 500 people. Because they're alive. And they could tell you it was in that generation that book was written. There are eyewitnesses, 500 of them in that town, that have seen a dead man walking and teaching the resurrected Jesus. And everyone that knew him and had spent time with him and had been taught by him, or taught by those who knew him, their lives were turned upside down. They experienced this thing of salvation. They were no longer the same as they were before. No longer bound by the effects of sin, sickness and death, pride torment in their life. Free. Completely free. Has anyone in this room experienced that in their life? Freedom from Jesus. Salvation. You would say, I'm a believer and I have been set free from the power of sin, sickness and death. Then I think Jesus deserves your hand to go up at least rather than a nod of your head. Yeah? I'm not not trying to be forceful but this is the truth. And if your hand hasn't gone up this morning and you're thinking like I'm seeing something here but I don't know it for myself go and talk to one of these people like they said go and talk to one of the 500s. 
There are, there are like 20, 30 people here that have all put their hand up and saying, I have seen the resurrected Jesus in my life, not in the flesh, but he's changed me from the inside out and I'm no longer the same. Not because I'm a good person, not because I've got it all right, because I'm the worst of the worst and those are the ones that he came for. And it's not just for the Jews, it's not just for those who lived 2,000 years ago, it's for the Greeks, for the Gentiles, for those who are far off. You look around this room, we're all very different, we're not all Jews, are we? We're not all white, British, Middle English. People say male, pale and stale. Don't they like about church leaders? They're all male, they're all pale and they're all stale. Like we are a multicultural church, thank the Lord. We represent the nations. Look around, like we should glorify in the fact there are different nations, different generations. This is a beautiful little image of what the kingdom of heaven is going to look like. If you don't like people that are different than you, you're not going to like heaven. There are going to be a multitude of people, all the nations gathered from all over human history that have worshipped Jesus, the children of God, singing in lots of different languages, eating food that you probably don't like, that's too hot for you, too colourful for you, singing and dancing to songs and instruments you've never even seen or heard before. It is going to be glorious and it is going to be messy, a bit like that tapestry we spoke about. That is the gospel, my friends. This is what has got the power of God in it. And when we dare to open our mouths and talk about it with people, over a coffee quietly, or with a microphone in Costa shouting it so hopefully people downstairs will hear it, or out in the streets like some of our friends do, in the workplace, wherever is appropriate, in whatever way you can, Jesus wants to speak through that. Do you believe that? Then put your hand up if you believe it. I'm seeing some hands. This is great. And so, if we want to see that, can we just pray for a moment? as we can read to the last song. Jesus, would you help us? Would you break off our fear and would you give, put some courage in our guts that we wouldn't fear death so much that we would cling on to our own lives? It's what we're told in the gospel, that we shouldn't love life so much that we fear death. We're so safe, aren't we? I am. I've led this church for five years. I've, I've barely shared the gospel with anyone, really. If I'd have gone out at least just once a day and opened my mouth, that would be thousands of people in five years, over a thousand people. You guys, in some way, some of you at least, release me and employ me, probably get on and do that stuff. Do you not? And what I do on a Sunday is I, I stand up and I rant at you that you should be doing it. <laughs> and so maybe you guys should be asking me, and I'll sort of put this out there today, how have you got on with your witnessing this week, Gordon? I'd love you to keep me accountable with that. But if you do that, I'm going to do the same to you. Is that okay? Is that all right? Cool. Yeah. This week I made a little pinky promise with my daughter about some stuff that we, we, we're sort of journeying through as a family. A beautiful moment. And, uh, and I'd like to make a little pinky promise with you if I can. Is that alright? Who's up for a pinky promise? Okay, I'll put your little pinky up then. Pinky promise is your little finger. What you do, you sort of interlink it. And my daughter taught me actually if you use the other finger, it like locks it in. So if you want to put, well we won't put two up because it looks a bit like a sign that is kind of satanic so we won't do that but we'll do the pinky promise I'm just going to pray maybe you'll pray with me you don't have to I'm not coercing you you're free to do what you want but this is where we're going I'm really feeling it in my heart this is where we've got to go we, we are gloriously here for ourselves Jesus has planted a new expression for ourselves but there's so much more that we're here for and we are here for Jesus and we're going to spend an eternity with him and that is a glorious thing as well. And we worship him and we talk to him and we want to do that more and more. But the one thing in this season that we're going to prioritise more than anything else is how you're getting on with talking to the lost. How you're getting on with making friends beyond the church. Have you been to a group that's not a church group this week? Why not? Have you, have you, met, have you talked to someone at work? Have you had lunch with someone at work if you haven't got time for groups? 
You can invite someone out for lunch. So, King Jesus, I make a pinky promise here with anyone else silly enough to hold their finger up and say, I want to make a pinky promise that I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to use me in my workplace, in the community, in the shopping centre, wherever it is, at the job centre, just to be, be a disciple and to be someone who believes the gospel and is bold enough just to say, have you, have you heard about Jesus? Do you want to know about Jesus? Can I pray for you? Whatever that looks like. And there's a million and one ways which we'll hear about in a minute how we can do that. But Lord, we ask you to anoint us because unless you build the house, we labour in vain. I don't want to just stand up here and get passionate because I've had a coffee and get revved up and start, yeah, come on, let's share it. And then not do anything. So Lord, would you help us to be diligent and to be faithful and to be obedient, to be authentic disciples here in Sittingbourne because we know, Lord, what you've done in us and we would love to see it done in our family and in our friends and in our enemies here in this place. For those who are far from you in every conceivable way like we once were. And you saw us in our pity and you reached out because you love us. And that's what you want to do through us. Help us, Lord, we pray. Amen.